Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Locker Room. I'm your host, Tommy Tellerino, and after two long weeks in the trenches, Jordan Jeffrey Navarro is back with us. Jordan, I'm glad you're back. I miss you. Don't don't be saying my government like that, man. My name is Jose. No, it's it's phenomenal to be back, Tommy. Uh, You know... The life of a student never ends, and right. one that procrastinates uh, is even worse. But we we back. I've made time for my my lovely lovely co-host. Oh, you know, thanks. I would I would have it no other way than to be on the locker room with you, man. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad you got your work done. At least for oh, uh, I never I never never said any anything like that. <laughs> right. I just. I'll rephrase it. I'm glad you got your work done to be able to join us this week. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Can always it's, find time. That's right. But um, we'll talk about Thursday night games first. That was such a stellar game. It definitely wasn't uh, just two mid-teams battling out. Part They're of the having AFC a mid-off. <laughs> Mid- no, no, it was, you know, if you're a fan of uh, – the AFC North, it was exactly what you would like, Tommy. It was not entertaining in the slightest offensively. Um, but hey, there were some highlights for Cleveland fans. Cleveland, that was for you. Yeah, yes, Cleveland, you know, you had Jacoby Brissett, you know, or as he's more famously called on the locker room, uh, Jacoby Brisket. He uh he had a he had a pretty good game, you know. He was he was slow smoking them balls to his receivers and you know, he he was really doing some good things, Tommy. Cleveland yeah. had a great game plan. Uh it was called uh make Mitchell Trubisky beat you. And as all the teams that have done it in the past, they've all followed that game plan when they play Mitch Trubisky. It usually works and it's pretty phenomenal when it does. I'd say nine times out of ten it works. There was that one season where he looked really good and that was about it. Yeah, Matt Nagy, like, did he not, like, he almost won Coach of the Year or did, like, yeah. something like that. I don't know. Something what. outrageous after. Yeah, I don't, it must have been, like, yeah. Freaky Friday or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> this is weird times, man. Weird times. <laughs> but um, I, I'm glad you brought up our, our boy, Jacoby Brisket. I'll read off some stats. 21 for 31, 220 yards, around seven yards per throw, two touchdowns. That's that's all you really need him to do if you're the Browns. Had a, had a 92.5 PFF grade yeah. uh, on that game, which is incredible because Baker Mayfield never hit anything like that with Kevin Stefanski. And Kevin Stefanski is quickly becoming one of my favorite coaches in the NFL because he just, you know, he understands. I have mediocre quarterbacks, so, you know, instead of being – like, hey, I'm going to make you try to be good. No, he's just like, be mediocre, but be the best mediocre that you can possibly be. And Jacoby Brisket is perfect at that. That's all you need. That's really all you need. We've seen it from multiple teams. But um, we'll talk about, you know, you said uh, Brisket was thrown into receivers. By receivers, did you mean Amari Cooper and David Njoku? Because oh, they- yeah, that was, that, was, that was it. That was, it was <laughs> the only two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they, they combined for 16 16- of, of the 21 passes that were caught. Uh, Amari Cooper, seven catches, 101 yards, one touchdown, back-to-back solid games. David Njoku, first good game of the year, 
the past two, it's like he just sat on the sideline most of the game. Nine for 89, about nine yards of catch and one tubby. I mean, we've been looking for that for the past couple of years out of Njoku. And, you know, they just they just gave him that contract in the offseason. He's an athletic, I mean, freak. He, uh, he reminds me a lot of Vernon Davis, um, coming from a Niners fan. And, you know, you look at this targets week one, it was one. And Jacoby Brissett, you know, said after week one, like, hey, Amari Cooper is getting, like, wide open. Like, yeah. butt booty naked, nobody on him. You know, I need to be looking for him. And then week two, Ninjoku got five targets. Amari Cooper had a 100-yard game. Now this week he has 10 targets. Like, it seems to me that Brissett, unlike what usually happens when he comes in to start, which is he usually starts pretty high, and then teams figure him out, and then we realize he can't start in the NFL – he seems to be developing and getting more comfortable in the Stefanski offense. And, you know, I love to see Njoku involved. He's got to earn that contract, you know, and he's probably their best, second best receiver right now behind Amari Cooper, and, you know, as a tight end. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he brought Cooper too because Njoku's just been solid for him, and I hope to see better games from him like this throughout the year. But Cooper, we did not expect this at all. We thought – this is going to be the downfall of Amari Cooper. It's going to be another Odell situation, and it's the complete opposite for him. And, you you know, you just got to, as a Browns fan, you got until week 13, right? The, the man who should not be named uh, is coming back then. And, he's, you know, Deshaun is a lot more talented than Jacoby. Yeah, I don't think that's an argument. So if Amari Cooper's playing this well with Jacoby, you can only imagine what he'll, you know, play like with – with Deshaun, he might be, outside of Hopkins, he might be the second-best receiver Deshaun Watson's ever played with. So, um, he, he, Yeah, you're not wrong. But, I mean, Deshaun um, Watson's played with bumps, so. Yes, and played with Bill O'Brien. And <laughs> Stefanski is easily the best head coach he's had. And Amari, first Browns receiver, this stat blew my mind when I saw it. First Browns receiver with back-to-back 100-yard games is Josh Gordon in 2013 when he was Flash Gordon, when he was high. Drunk, crossfaded out there, getting 150 yards a game. That blew my mind. And it, you know, they've had Jarvis Landry, they've had Odell. It, it, like, where? <laughs> how do you go that long without back-to-back on a yard game yeah. from a receiver? Especially, like you said, the talent they've had. Like Jarvis Landry had 100 plus yards his first game in New Orleans, and yep. in year eight. Odell, I mean, we saw what he did for the Rams in the playoffs. He's easily capable of putting up 100 yards, and the fact that they couldn't do that back-to-back is crazy. I think Brisket might be the most consistent QB they've had the first three weeks. Yeah, I mean, Baker pre-injuries was, you know, he's looking pretty good with Stefanski, but, yeah, I mean, you might not be wrong. He's, you know, shout-out to Jacoby. He's done great. I want to see Ninjoku and Cooper – you know, maybe not 10 targets for Ninjoku, but he needs to leave every game with, like, six to eight targets and keep feeding the Cooper like they have. They got Rub-A-Dub Chubb. He's out there breaking tackles. I know you're going to get that in a second probably. You got stats. He's out there breaking tackles, getting 100 yards. Kareem Hunt, you know, he's doing his thing. You know, he's kicking it in the backfield. It's, it's just absolutely phenomenal, the, the game plan that Kevin Stefanski has had for this much mid at quarterback. I know. I mean, like like you said, too, Nick Chubb, 23 for 113. But Kareem Hunt also had 12 carries, 47 yards. I know that Kareem Hunt wanted to be traded uh, late in the offseason, but if I'm the Browns, I'm keeping this duo as long as we can. 
Those yeah, both for sure. are RB1s on any team in the league, in my opinion. They Absolutely. Easily could be an RB1. It's the best running back room in the league because yeah. Dearness Johnson is pretty solid as well. He could definitely be a solid RB2 on most teams. I mean, it's just they have all the pieces there to have a decent record with Jacoby and get Deshaun back, and assuming Deshaun is not washed and, you know, taking a year, year and a half, almost two off, doesn't ruin him, which I don't think it will, they should be really good. Yeah, and I'll get back to it a little bit later with Deshaun. I have a little question for you, just depending on how the Brown season turns out. But I want to talk about Pittsburgh for a little bit, just because this is a third week now where their defense has played solid. I, I don't think the defense looked that terrible in this game. They they did miss TJ Watt for yeah. sure. There's a couple times where Jacoby got out of the pocket and they picked up some plays that shouldn't have been picked up. And you can tell they need TJ Watt. You know, he's the motor that keeps that defense running. But yeah, like you said, I felt like the defense as a whole played well enough to win this game. Because if you look back at the three games, the first one they win against the Bengals, that's solely off defense. They picked off Burrow yes. four times, and Minka Fitzpatrick was huge. T.J. Watt was getting the quarterback, and then they they were brought. They had New England come in. New England's offense didn't look that great against them. Uh, Pittsburgh held them down to only seventeen points, one possession game. And then this week, I want, the final score was uh, twenty nine seventeen, right? Yeah. I mean, that last touchdown was a fumble recovery. Yes. So, I mean, they kept it within one possession. It's just this offense can't break away. And we were talking about how mid Mitchell Trubisky is 20 for 32, 270 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And, you know, people are going to point to the Deontay Johnson drop uh, on the go route down the sidelines. He wouldn't have scored on that. And then he had the uh, the pass interference in the red zone. Is, or I guess it wasn't in the red zone. They got to the red zone. But, like you said, they – Mitchell Trubisky is more athletic than Big Ben has been in 12 years, at least. Um, Probably, just purely arm strength-wise, probably has a better arm, if not the same arm, which we saw produced scores last year. I mean, it wasn't pretty by any means of imagination, but the offense wasn't nearly as bad last year. The only thing he doesn't have is the mental of a Hall of Fame quarterback in Big Ben. And you would think, we're going to game plan around that. You know, we're going to... No, he, he, he looks like he has not evolved at all since leaving Chicago. And I went on before the season. We had this conversation. I thought Mitch was going to do good in Pittsburgh. So I thought, well, you know, Matt Nagy may have you know done some things that hurt him. Because he looked, at one time, he looked okay. He looked like an average startable NFL quarterback who had flashes of being well above average at times. There's just nothing here, man. Like, you can't tell me Kenny Pickett is not just as good as him right now. Yeah, I completely agree. And one thing that I noticed, I this is hurting Najee Harris a lot with Trubisky in the lineup, in my opinion, because Najee was holding it down in the run game, you know, 15 for 56. Not the greatest numbers, but when you look at Pittsburgh's offensive line, he's not working with much. But with yeah. Trubisky in the game, he didn't even have two catches, I believe, last night. When no, Big Ben was there, get... he was force-feeding Najee. 
Yeah, I mean, big uh, Najee's not getting fed those checkdowns, yeah. putting himself in space. And Jalen Warren came in and he provided some juice off the bench. He had a couple, you know, decent chunk runs, but you know, people they didn't respect the run or the pass game that much with Big Ben. But like I said, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. If you know you make a mistake blatantly trying to stack the box, Big Ben's gonna hit the open man. You know, he he, he can't go deep that much anymore, but he's gonna attempt. He's gonna keep you honest. No one respects Mitchell Trubisky's ability to throw anyone open whatsoever. They don't. They don't yeah. care. I mean, the the one thing I would say that Mitchell Trubisky did different compared to Big Ben last year is he, he kind of spread the wealth a little bit more. I'll read off some numbers here. Uh, Deontay, 8 for 84. Uh, Pratt Firemuth, the Muth is loose, as you say, 2 for 41. Pickens finally got some – um, love in this game. The past two games, he's had one catch each time, three for 39. In Claypool, three for 35. I mean, that's the only bright spot, I feel like, with Trubisky in the game. And Pickens had a hell of a catch as well. Yeah. Um, early candidate for catch of the year. I mean, that was that was a phenomenal catch. But, Better than uh, Odell's, in my opinion. Well, we're not going to start controversial takes or anything. Hey. You know, I, I don't, I don't man, care. It is the man was sideways. Hey, listen, man, that's, you know what? It's on you. You okay. believe that? It's fine. Okay. Okay. I, I, it's not an argument for me. It is what it is. All right. Uh, but I don't see how, you know, you got Pickens, you got Claypool, who they're trying to use as like an off-brand Debo, I guess. You got Najee, Fryermuth, uh, and Deontay. There's, there's, there's talent at every position, you know? And uh, Mitch just can't do anything. And I really wonder, you have a championship-caliber defense. The worst part of that offense is the O-line, but you made it work last year somehow. And Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record. I wonder how long he lets this go. Because at some point, man, you got to see what Kenny Pickett can do. You may not want to put him behind that O-line. You may not want to put that pressure on him. But you're not winning games in the AFC North, especially if Deshaun comes back and the Browns are still in it. And, you know, I am I think we both have faith that Cincinnati's going to figure something out. You know, like yeah. the offense is just too talented to continue to be like that. And then you got Baltimore, who looks like they're on a mission, you know, and they're probably going to – they're probably pissed off from the Miami game. And their defense has got to get better. They're really injured in that Miami game. They'll get better. This is the last place team right now, easily in my my eyes, easily. Yeah, after this Cleveland game, I always thought it probably is going to be either Cleveland or Pittsburgh in last place in this division. Yeah. It's definitely Pittsburgh in my opinion now just because I this offense is so stagnant. It really is. There's just nothing to it. And like you said, when do you bring in Kenny Pickett? I think between – Earliest week six to week eight, I could see it happen around there. I think if they, they go out, who do they play next? Who's Pittsburgh play next? Do we know? I can look it up for you. Uh, I got it. Um, They go against the Jets. You go in against the Jets. If you lose that game, you got – well, then you got Buffalo and the Broncos, and those are two tough games. Man, they have a tough schedule. You got the Jets, which is you know should be a fairly easy one. Bills, Broncos, Miami. Then you play uh, Philly and New Orleans. 
I don't – I mean, their defense can keep them in all those games. That's the issue. But yeah. their offense scoring on any of those defenses, I don't see it. And to Not me, a you're chance gonna, at the some, offense. Yeah. At some point, you're going to have to – you're going to have to bring in Kenny Pickett to try to spark this this offense. And it may have to be if you you start the season. Let's see. They win against the Jets. Let's say they're 2-2 two two after the next week. Don't see them beating the Bills or the Buccaneers. You start the season off 2-4, and 2-5 and five if they lose to Miami. I think you got to bring them in. I think, yeah. like you said, week 6 to week 8, at some point in that range, if you've only got two wins, you got to bring them. There's just no point, you know. You're probably not making the playoffs if you start like that. You might as well see what you got. And I, I think Tomlin knows that. Tomlin has, he's one of the top coaches in the league, in my opinion. Today, he's very consistent. You know what you're getting out of him. Yeah, the track record in the playoffs the past couple of years hasn't been great, but he knows how to bring a winning program to a franchise. I think eventually. It's going to be a good program again, but right now, I, I think this is his first year under five hundred. I don't see him. I can, I can definitely see it unless Kenny Pickett comes in and is really good. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't want to say really good. He has to be. The issue with that, like, he can be better than Mitchell Trubisky, and you know, athletically, and you know, just a pure physical ability wise, better than Big Ben this last year as well. But mentally, he's a rookie, you know, and he's going to make rookie mistakes, and they play in a very tough division. It looks like they have a pretty tough schedule, at least at the start. So I'm, I'm going to be – I'm going to agree with you. I think Mike Tomlin will finish under 500 this year. Probably be one of his highest draft picks, too, ever. We'll see what he can do with it. I mean, we got a stack yeah. 2023 draft class coming up. But before we move on for this game, I want to talk about Jacoby Brissett a little bit more. How far can he lead to this Browns team, you think? You think they can make the playoffs with him? Yeah. Um, I think he just has to keep them right around 500 going into that week that Deshaun comes back. Um, Preferably, you know, maybe two two games above it. I think he can do that. Uh, He's played mistake-free football for the most part. Uh, early in this season, and as long as he continues to not turn the ball over and understand that, hey, 25 to 30 pass attempts a game, that's all you got to do. Hand the ball off. Hit who you have to hit. Because that's the great thing about Stefanski's offense. He rolls them out. There's a lot of play action. It's perfect for a quarterback. That's the perfect system for any quarterback that is just average or below average. Perfect. And Stefanski schemed it up perfectly, and Jacoby is executing it pretty well right now, so I, I do believe he could lead them to the playoffs, or at least lead them to a position where Deshaun could take them to the playoffs, because I don't think, you know, there's not a world where Jacoby's hot enough for them to not put the guy they just gave $250 million guaranteed in at quarterback. Yeah, and I I always thought, say the Browns have, say they fizzle out, they don't look good the rest of the year, do you play Watson? Or do you just keep him out till next year because you don't you don't want to waste that contract if he gets hurt? I would play him. Um, I understand what you're saying, but you might as well get the reps with the guys under his belt going into next season. And if you end the season hot, that's just momentum you can carry over into the next year. I think this is going to be an interesting team to watch. You know, the AFC is really tough. 
So yeah. I, I still think it's going to be tough for them to get a wild card, especially with the AFC West. I mean, I know that Denver and Vegas haven't looked great, but they, there's still a lot of talent on those yeah. teams where they still are in the hunt there. Cleveland, they're taking out Atlanta next week. It'll be interesting to see. Pittsburgh, they're facing the Jets, so we'll talk about a little bit more of them next week. But we're on to week three Sunday, Monday night picks. This is the first time where we're both here in the studio. Yes, sir. And this will be the official start of the the locker room pick-ems. That's right. Keeping tabs. So when Jordan and I were living together, we we had a whiteboard with all of our roommates on it. We used to do, basically, we we lived in a suite. We'd do suite picks. And I I believe, Jordan, did you walk away with it, or was it – was it our roommate Deb? I did walk away with it the first year. Deb was close. Yeah. Um, but I I did have a perfect week, uh, one week, and that uh that gave me a pretty decent lead. Yeah, I mean, I I remember at one point you you were in the firing range of I'm I'm creeping up on him, and you literally just would do one pick that was different from him, and then be like, oh, no, there I'm done. Me on the other <laughs> hand, I I was. I was shooting wild cards. Uh, <laughs> I was picking, like, uh, probably Detroit uh, winning against Green Bay one week. That, that's how I roll, though, sometimes. But we're starting it up this year again. Jordan and I are going head-to-head with picks. We are doing a little different, though. For primetime game. is it usually going to be primetime games? Yeah, Sunday that? night, Monday yeah. night. We are going to increase the odds on those. So if you get those right... We're doing plus two? Yep. So we'll do plus two if you get that team right. Um, I think we got to start it off with the storyline of the week. Texans versus the Bears. Oh, Lovey, yes, absolutely. Lovey Smith returns, yes. baby. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we were doing these in the suite, I would always ask everyone what their pick was, and then – you know, if it was a bad matchup, everyone would just be like, ah, who cares? I value every matchup. You know, every team has fans. So, I'm going to break this down from a fundamental standpoint. The Bears' pass offense cannot continue to only pass the ball 11 times. There's no way. There's just absolutely no way they can continue to do that. I think this is the week that they're going to let Justin Fields get, you know, get a little loose, get a little, have a little fun in the pocket. I'm still going to pick Houston, though. I think Houston is being underrated as a team. Um, not saying they're good. I don't think they're good. But they are tougher than people imagine. So I'm going to pick Houston to win over Chicago. I think this is going to be a very close game because both teams going into it have had issues with a passing game. Uh, General Davis Mills has looked good. He's looked bad in some possessions. But there's been pauses, and like you said, Justin Fields, 15 for 28, 191 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions for the first two weeks. Yes. I want to say that is the second or, yeah, the second least amount of points or passes that have been thrown through two weeks. That is crazy. You have a talented quarterback back there who can throw the ball. We saw that That's last year. He has a big year. arm. Yes, yeah, he has a big arm. I think, like you said, you got to let them air it out because Houston, their secondary is not great. It's not great at all. It's one of the worst in the leagues. But 
David Montgomery had a big game against Green Bay. He did, and Houston is very beatable. Yeah, and I think it could be another big game for David Montgomery. Um, I'm going to go Chicago because they're home. All right, I like that. We all know you can't play in the ghetto better than the Bears can play in the ghetto. That's right. They've been doing it their whole life. Um, We'll move on. Las Vegas versus Tennessee. Both teams are 0-2 to start off the season. This game is in Nashville. Um, I'm picking Vegas. I'm going to keep it quick. Tennessee's corners have looked like booty. They have been awful. I've watched the Titans play. It's not a pleasant sight. I don't like watching Tennessee play. Uh, They're going to start the season off 0-3, and people are going to be calling for Malik Willis to start over Ryan Tannehill. I got to agree with you on this. Tennessee has looked awful. I thought they were going to look a lot better against Buffalo. I really did. I thought Derrick Henry was going to – it was going to be one of those games where – Derrick Henry rushes for three touchdowns, 150 yards. But Buffalo shut them down real quick. Tannehill yes. was – Tannehill was I mean, Tannehill. Go ahead, finish your thought. No, I, I was done. All right. It's just, that was one of the biggest beatdowns I've ever seen where a team that is, you know, is a, in, it was second favorite, or, you know, to the Colts. Maybe they were co-favorites to win their division – they look completely outclassed. You know, that's saying a lot about Buffalo being as good as they are this year, but it says a lot about Tennessee as well because this is a team that was just in the AFC Championship game you know, not too long ago. They, it, it looks like they're done. I mean, it looks like this core is spent. And this defense is not what it used to be. No. I, I kind of had the feeling after Sa- the Saquon game, I'm like, Okay, what can this rush defense do? Because Landry, I believe, was hurt. I think he's out for the yeah. season. That was a key piece in their rush defense. The corners are awful. They never really were great, but they are awful. You know, a lot, a lot of it has to do with they're young and they'll get better. But they're just with Harold Landry out. He's a big guy in the run game, but he was also their best pass rusher, probably at least from the outside. Um, Jeffrey Simmons is obviously a beast, you know, in the middle, but. He's, he was their best pass rusher, Landry was, and they're missing him sorely. And you know, I always say a good pass, good pass rush will cover up a bad secondary. But the secondary is bad, and they have no pass rush, so it's just not looking great. And you have Devontae <laughs> Adams and Hunter Renfro on the other side with Darren Waller, and it is not. It's not looking too promising. I was just about to say Devontae Adams had a huge week one, pretty silent week two. I got a feeling Devontae Adams is going to put up Stephon Diggs numbers uh, this Sunday. But Derek Carr could spread the wealth, but Devontae Adams could be in for a great week. I got Raiders winning. Uh, We're going to go back to the East Coast, Baltimore versus New England. Everything tells me Baltimore is going to bounce back, win a game. They should have beat Miami. The run game, you know, they keep saying J.K. Dobbins is close. If they, you know, play him this week, that should really help the run game. The defense should be a little bit healthier than last week and, you know, at least adjust. You know, you can't get beat like that in the second half and not adjust. And then you play New England, whose offense has looked, well, I won't mince words, Tommy. It's looked pitiful. And You're not wrong. And a defense that New England's defenses are always start slow because they play so many concepts. It takes a while for that defense to round into form, so they always start slow. 
everything tells me Baltimore should win this game. But Tommy, there's just something about the thought. Is is New England 0-2? No, they're one and one. They're one and one. It's yeah. something about the thought of one, a one and two start for Bill Belichick. I can't imagine it. I don't think he'll allow it. Um, I'm gonna go New England because it's in Gillette. I don't feel comfortable about the pick, but something just tells me to go with my gut here, and I think New England's gonna pull off a, a shocker. You know, I've seen this many times where this is a game that is very winnable. For New England, and like you said, Belichick, a very great coach. He doesn't go one and two very often. He said it himself. This is the biggest challenge so far this season, and I agree. Miami was a wash for them. They're playing in Miami. They never do well in Miami. I get that. Last week, the defense looked great, but offense still did not look good. And I don't know if they can contain Lamar Jackson. Matthew Judon looked good. So far this season, I think this is his first time going up against Lamar Jackson after being teammates with him. I, I'm interested in to see how these linebackers work against Lamar Jackson because the first time they faced off, it was pitiful. It was They just ran all over the place against him. I, I had Baltimore winning this one, but it's going to be very close. I, I can just see it now. Baltimore takes a lead. New England defense, they will him back in it. Mac Jones probably gets a early fourth quarter touchdown. And then the last drive, we're going to see probably a Mac Jones interception or a fumble by the offense, and that's the game. That's how I, I see this going. But I think it's going to be very close. Yeah, I just, you know, something about it. There's something about this game tells me that New England can pull it off, and it's just – it's one of those games where everyone it thinks it's clear cut. New England's offense looks bad. You know, Baltimore's offense looked good, but the defense looked bad. You know, and everyone thinks, well, Baltimore's just more talented. Pick Baltimore. Something about this tells me New England is going to keep this way closer than Baltimore fans would like. I hope Bill brings the hoodie back. He's been looking kind of cleaned up the past two weeks. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. That's not the Bill I well, know. The, sleeve, the sleeveless hoodie? Yeah. I want him coming out. To the Stone Cold Steve Austin music again, and ready to kick some butt. I'm I'm gonna be honest, but I get it. You, you never know. Hopefully, I, I think it'd be perfect time. Season opener in Gillette. So we got next Kansas City versus Indianapolis. I, in my opinion, this is an easy one now. This is the easiest one on the slate for me. I'm going yeah. Kansas City, but not because I think. Indianapolis is bad. I think they're way better than they showed in Jacksonville. I just don't see a way other than Jonathan Taylor going for 250. Offense is going to keep up with Kansas City. I mean, Patrick Mahomes looks just as good without Tyree Kill. He might look better, to be honest with you. It's pretty incredible. And he's just spreading the wealth around. Yeah, I... I'll read off some offensive numbers because this has probably been one of the top five offenses in the league. Mahomes, 54 for 74, 595 yards, seven touchdowns. Kels, lead receiver, 13 catches, 172 yards, one tutty. And then Edwards Hilaire, his numbers are solid, uh, 15 carries, 116 yards. But most of those are coming from a couple big run plays. I just, Indy, 
Those first two games should have been winnable. They should have. They could have gone two and one. They should be. They should, yeah. yeah, they should be. They but shouldn't they, have lost yeah. to Jacksonville. For being honest, with how good they are supposed to be, they should not have lost to Jacksonville. They have spent the most money on the offensive line, and I get they have injuries right now. The offensive line doesn't look that good. I mean, as much as I love Quentin Nelson, there's nothing he can do when half the offensive line has looked like downright bad. Yeah, and I think there's just I know that Shaq Leonard was out and Pittman was out, but they're not going to be able to keep up. Kansas City, their defense might be questionable, but I there's just too many playmakers in Kansas City compared to Indy. Matt Ryan, I get that. Week one was okay, but last week he looked awful. Kansas City, we saw against the Chargers, they'll be able to bring the pressure. They got to, absolutely. They got to Herbert on a a better offensive line. I will say, Colts. If it's going to be like this, how they've shown, they're in for a rude awakening. But with that said, I still think they could go zero and three and win their division. Absolutely, AFC South is yeah, it, it's a mess. Um, right now, Jacksonville looks like the best team, which is shocking. I love Doug Peterson, uh, but for reasons that we can't talk about on this show. Um, but I just love Doug Peterson, everything about Doug Peterson. And I'm a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. But, I mean, come on, man. Y'all are supposed to walk away with the division, especially with how bad Tennessee has looked. Indianapolis should be jumping for joy. Instead, they're fighting for their lives. This was my sleeper pick coming into the year. I thought they were going to make probably a deep playoff run. I thought they had the talent to, but I don't know now. And I, I don't want to say it's like Matt Ryan's fault because the Matt whole team. Ryan, it's yeah. been the whole team. I I just Jonathan I Taylor is is absolved from guilt, but I mean he's Jonathan Taylor. The rest of the team and Pittman. Pittman played lights out. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the team, what are you doing? The defense and offensive line specifically, where are you at? They're better off putting traffic cones out there. I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah, uh, you're taking Kansas City. I'm taking yeah, Kansas I'm City. I'm taking Kansas City. On to Carolina versus New Orleans. Oh, boy. Um, this... This is one of them games. This is one of them games that America loses by watching it. Um, I love J-Bo. You know, I'm a huge J-Bo fan. The injury that he has sustained to his back made him look terrible against Tampa Bay. Uh, he looked like the old Jameis Winston, just without the touchdowns. You know, three, three picks, no touchdowns. Not good, Jameis. I need three picks, three touchdowns. Uh, balance, balance in life. Balance, Jameis, balance. As all things should be. Yin and yang. Yes. Uh, but Carolina, on the other hand, New Orleans defense has looked pretty good. And they have some real big weapons out there in the wide receiver room. And they're getting Kamara back, I think. Carolina, on the other hand, has had everyone healthy. Uh, Baker Mayfield just looks like Cheeks. He's terrible. Uh, I'm <laughs> Matt Rule, you're getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to Alabama. I keep telling you this, Matt. I'm your agent. You, Bill O'Brien's taking your job next year. <laughs> Nothing you can do. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Give me – with that said, I'm going to take Carolina. 
because <laughs> something tells me Baker, uh, the media is flaming him. He's going to come out and have just a Baker game where he plays, you know, pretty good, and they'll be able to beat New Orleans because I think Jameis Winston is more affected by this back injury than he's letting on. And we may start seeing some calls for Andy Dalton to come in. Uh, I don't know this one. I It's just like it's below mid both teams. It's like I don't I don't see a clear sight of who's going to win this one. I really don't. Like we said, James Winston was hurt. He looked good week one. Uh, Baker Mayfield can't hold on to the ball. He fumbled like four times the first game, but recovered all of them. Also, so, somehow Baker sees Christian McCaffrey for a dump-off pass and thinks, I'm better off running for three yards and getting out of bounds. Baker, it's very simple for you. It's probably the easiest it's ever been in your career. If the white boy is in the flat, give it to him. He's yeah. better than you. I, I promise you, Baker, you don't have to be the hero. I, 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 I swear to you, Baker, on my life. I don't know if Matt Rule's telling you different. Listen to me, not Matt Rule, okay? <laughs> Give it to Christian McCaffrey. He will carry you to decent stats. His ankles are fine right now. It's a couple yes, weeks from down the road. That's when you have to worry about it, Baker. Right now, you don't give it to him all you want. You should never scramble ever again in your life, unless you are you absolutely have to. Yeah, it's never, ever, ever. You picking uh, up three yards, Christian McCaffrey can pick up fifteen yards, at least. At least, I, I really want to go Carolina in this one, but I. I think New Orleans might have the better defense in this one, and they, they just might keep him in the game. If it was in Carolina, I would say probably Carolina. But I I don't know. I just feel like New Orleans has some good receivers. Landry, Michael Thomas, and Olave can do some work. This game is in Carolina. It is in Carolina? Oh, okay, then. Yes. I'm going Carolina, then. I'll go Carolina. I, I, I'm glad you brought up the receivers. I was saying that. I really like New Orleans' offensive pieces. Um, I don't – just don't know, man. Like, their play yeah. calling hasn't looked phenomenal, and Jameis just looked downright bad. Now, it was against Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay does have a phenomenal defense. I, I get that. But, man, it's, it's a scary thing with the back injuries. And, you know, he's been questionable on the injury reports a lot. So, obviously, they're trying to manage his reps. And, you know, you don't want to have him go out there in full practice with that injury. But it may just be hurting him. J-Bo just might not be J-Bo right now. There's pain. Pain everywhere. Just pain everywhere. He's got to persevere. But um, <laughs> speaking of injuries, we got Buffalo versus Miami next. Buffalo... Is going into this game possibly down five starters on the defensive end, at least three. Hyde, they might, Poyer, yeah. Phillips, Settle, and Jackson. Yeah, so you're, you're missing two of your big defensive guys in the run game, and you're missing your two all-pro safeties. Um, that is not a good combination when you're facing Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Baltimore can tell you. This is not good. And Tua... Looks like a phoenix rising from the ashes. It looks like he might actually be pretty good at football, and I might have been wrong. Tua might actually be a good quarterback. Um, 
I'm going to hold judgment till the end of the season. I want to see a full season of this. I'm still taking Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen is phenomenal. Stephon Diggs is on a whole new level. Gabe Davis should be back. Dawson Knox, you know, he, he likes to party, uh, as I've been told. And it doesn't matter about Buffalo's run game because Josh Allen is their run game. So it doesn't matter. And I just, I, again, it's going to be it's on Tua. I think you're right. I mean, Buffalo's still going to win this one. They, they just looked amazing the first two weeks. Uh, I'm not sold on Tua still. I'm really not. Just because most of his yards were when they were down by, like, 20, when you have to throw the ball. If you give me a game where they're going back and forth, where they're probably going to get some more run plays in the game, I'm not, I don't think you're going to see the numbers he's putting up. But so he all did I'm look good. Is Mitch Tr- Trubisky also had a six-touchdown game. Okay, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Nick Foles so had a seven-touchdown game. Exactly. Let's not crown him yet. Yeah. He's looked better. He has looked like Brian Flores maybe held him back a little bit. Still, I got to see more than that, man. Mike McDaniels looks great at his job right now, though. But it's pretty damn easy when you got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Yeah, You know, there's just not a lot of plays that you can design for those two specifically that are going to go for negative yardage. <laughs> if you do, you probably shouldn't be a head coach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Stephon Diggs, I mean, I want to talk about him a little bit. Just tearing it up. 20 catches, 270 yards, four touchdowns. This is scary. This really is because he did it the first week. I don't think Jalen Ramsey was on him every coverage, but I know his touchdown he was on him. And like he said, he is him. He is that guy. Him. And had a great Michael Jackson celebration in the in the end zone. Had to have a cold. It was a thriller. That boy can, he can dang it. You get the, the feet twinkle. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I just, I just think this game is going to be a shootout, and I would yeah. rather have Josh Allen in a shootout. Than Tua. Than Tua. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, that's crazy. I know that Tua threw the ball deep, but it it still took a lot out of him on those throws. If you look back at the highlights, he was putting his all into those. But I, I got Buffalo as well. We'll move on. Detroit versus Minnesota. This this is my game of the week, yeah, Tommy. I'm this is be, the game. Take it away. Take it away. Everyone should be watching this game. If you don't watch, if you play fantasy football, which I know a lot of people do, doesn't matter. Fantasy football, Minnesota fan, Detroit fan, just a football fan, watch this game. This game right here is going to have it all. It's going to have subpar to below average defenses, and it's going to have superstars on the offensive end. We've got Hemi Turner and Kirk Cousins. We've got Justin J. Jetta Jefferson. We've got Adam Thielen. We've got DeAndre Swift. Jamal Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god. We've got Jared Goff. We've got two hard workers at quarterbacks, and we've got a million offensive pieces for these coaches to play with and some subpar defenses. Tommy, this is going to be a shootout. It should have the highest over-under total of the week. I don't know if it does or not, but it should. Yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong. I mean (laughs) – both these teams have been electric. Not in the same week, though. Uh, Minnesota was out electric <laughs> week, too. Uh, it's just, I, I'm glad that I have Sunday ticket if it's going to hold up this week. Cause Listen, it was Monday night Kirk, it. all right? It was, this is Kirk Cousins' hey, 1 p.m. game. This right? is, this this is, is primetime Kirk. This is why I call him Hemi Turner, all right? It's not primetime Kirk. It's not Monday night Kirk where he's going to throw 
He's not going to do what he did against Philly, okay? Darius Slay's not out there. He can't hurt him anymore. This is 1 p.m. Only Minnesota fans are watching him. This is where Kirk Cousins, he averaged 280 yards in two touchdowns against Detroit, by the way, and they're giving up the most points to quarterbacks. That's a fantasy stat, but it doesn't matter. Fantasy points means real points in games are being scored. Kirk Cousins is going for 300 yards and three tutties in this game. How about Jared Goff? What's he going to do this game? Because he looked good against uh, who they played. Jared Goff has looked yeah. really good. Yeah, uh, Minnesota has no run defense to be to to be spoke of right now, and DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams have been the engine that is is igniting this team. DeAndre Swift has looked amazing, phenomenal, downright spectacular. Okay, and Amon Ross St. Brown had a fifty-two yard carry. This guy can do it all. He literally is a god, not just a sun god, a god. Detroit, Jared Goff, this is very easy for him. Dump off passes to Swift, uh, you know, little slants to Amon Ra. He can take the deep shots. He's been doing it. DJ Chark has looked pretty good. TJ Hawkinson hasn't had a good game yet. He might have a good game this week. Jared Goff is going for 250 and three touchdowns. We're getting touchdowns from everybody. I, this is the game I'm watching. I... <laughs> You got me fired up for this game. With, 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 with <laughs> Danny Campbell, uh, just, he just brings something out of me, man. I mean, they're going to take their kneecaps on the way up. The Detroit kneecap yes. killers. Um, with all that being said, who you got winning this one? Give me Minnesota. I love Dan okay. Campbell. Love me some Dan Campbell. But I thank Kirk Cousins for the sake of, you know, all that is holy in Minnesota. He's gonna have to have a good game, and I said he's got he's got to throw for five thousand yards. So he's got to make up for that last week, you know, Monday night performance. He's got to go for a lot, and I think uh, Justin Jefferson's gonna be pissed off that Darius Slay owned him. So, and, yeah, and Detroit's corners are not. They don't I was have just about a to, corner on there like Darius Slay. I, I was just about to say they don't even have one like Jair Alexander. So, <laughs> Jonathan Jefferson is going, I think, to have a field day. I got Minnesota winning as well. But this is going to be an ecstatic, electric game, 1 o'clock Hold Sunday. On Let's see. The over-under on this game is 52.5. The Bills game was 53. I think this is the second highest over-under. Uh, it is. It is the second highest. So, they almost got it right. Which one... How how much more do you think will be higher than the Bills game? I don't know, man. I'm gonna be, I mean, I, like I said, I think the Bills Miami should be a shootout as well. I just think those two teams have pretty decent defenses, even if yeah. Buffalo's missing everybody. Minnesota's defense is pretty bad, and Detroit's defense very inspired. They love Dan Campbell. <laughs> Talent wise, it's not there yet. Okay. It can only do so much to love for a head coach. But they have been yeah. getting a lot of pressures. Their defensive line has been pretty good. Yeah. So it's not on the defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson's looked at every bit of that pick. It, it's been the secondary. The secondary is just atrocious. Yeah. There's just not a lot you can do about that. I, I know um, they haven't drafted well at the secondary, but Okuda looked good week one. I don't think he... I don't know. I, yeah, I think it was week one he looked pretty good. I didn't see what he did in week two. We'll see how it goes, but he's got a tough task. He's probably going to be on Jefferson most of the game. Minnesota, you know, run defense, not their strong suit. Yeah. And like I said, Detroit's offensive line was being underrated. They are giving their running backs the most 
yards before contact, 3.8 yards before contact. It might be 3.2, something like that. This unit, unit is what they are, is phenomenal. Dan Campbell, well done. Now give DeAndre Swift 30 carries, please. Dan Campbell, man. Inspirational. What a man. Inspirational. Detroit might not win a ton of games. They might only win five. But they're going to be the most exciting team because you don't know if they're going to score 30 or if Jared Jared Goff's going to throw four picks. But it's going to be exciting either way. Who knows? I mean, if Jared Goff keeps this up. They're in in every game, Tommy. Yeah. They're the underdogs that never quit. They believe they can win every game. I know. That's what Dan Campbell fired up. I am so fired up. I'm a Niners fan, but deep down, you're a Dan I'm Campbell fan. fan. I, I'm a Dan Campbell fan. It's Dan I Campbell versus Detroit, the world. I, I don't want that pain as a Lions fan, so I'm not no. going to say that. But I'll say a Dan no. Campbell fan. Yes. All right. We got some other games to look at before you go watch <laughs> some tape on uh, Detroit versus Minnesota. Uh we got Philly versus Washington. This is Carson Wentz's first game back for Philly, and he'll probably still be thrown to Philly. Well, Philly fans love to boo former players uh, because they're just terrible people. Well, actually, Jalen Rager deserved it, I'm going to be honest. Uh, that was fair. Carson Wentz, I don't – he might get some boos. He might get some cheers. Uh, I'm going to take Philly. I don't think it needs to be explained why. They've just looked really good. Jalen Hurts – has seemed to figure it out a little bit. I'm not 100% convinced yet, uh, but he's looked better. And they finally realized that Miles Sanders is the best running back on this roster, and they fed him accordingly. Now, I would still like to see him do it more in the past game, but it is what it is. At least they're giving him 15 to 18 rushes a game on the ground. That's what he needs. Nick Sirianni's doing an excellent job in that department. And I believe their defense is just really, really good. I thought they had one of the best drafts defensively, even though I didn't love the Jordan Davis pick. I don't, I don't have a lot to say about him because I really haven't watched him in the NFL that much. But the Nicobe Dean pick and just all the other picks they made just have paid off and are going to continue to pay off. And Darius Slay might be the best corner in the NFL. So give me Philly. You saying he's top two, not two? I'm saying he's top two, not two. Damn. All right, all right. Um, Jalen Hurts has looked better as a passer. Like you said, Miles Sanders is clear number one. But this this is an interesting game for Washington because I think they could be in this game the whole time. They're a very well-coached team. They figure out a scheme to get all these playmakers involved. And they've made Carson Wentz look like a good quarterback, which doesn't happen a lot. Really doesn't. Right, couldn't do it. Yeah, and and he was his offensive coordinator when he almost was a MVP. It was that season. That's about it for Carson Wentz. But AJ Brown has been huge for this team. I'm interested to see how Washington game plans against him because he better be doubled almost every possession. And you know what, Jalen Hurts is force feeding AJ Brown a little bit, but he went back to Devonta Smith, and you know Devonta Smith is still super talented. It gets open a lot. But the key here is if, you know, <clears throat> can they stop Dallas Goddard? Because I think people really underrate how good Dallas Goddard is. He is very athletic. 
And Jalen Hurts trust him. I don't know if you saw the throw on Monday yeah. night. He threw it to him in triple coverage. It was a hell of a throw, by the way. Dallas got it, dropped it. He put it where only he could get it. But Jalen trusts Dallas a lot. And I think if teams are going to start trying to take away A.J. Brown, take away the short game to Devonta Smith, we're going to see Dallas Goddard be an absolute difference maker. And I think that's going to continue. So I I know you're talking about Washington's playmakers. <laughs> Philly is not short on playmakers in their passing game either. They aren't. But I don't think um, anyone's going to be able to stop Dallas Goddard, like you said, though, because this Washington linebacker core is not that great. We we saw some bright spots last year. I think he could be in for a big game. That's probably the NFC version of Big Trust. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie. But um, I also got Philly in this one just because this is a divisional game, and I don't see Philly losing a lot of divisional games. I really don't. No. Washington, I think, will surprise people and stay in this game, and Carson Wentz will continue to play well. Um, but I just don't think their defense is going to be good enough to stop Philly, and it's not going to be a shootout. We're going to get, you know, there's going to be some three and outs in this game, but I will take Philly in a game that should be pretty heavily possession-based, I would say, Yeah, over Washington. Next up, Jacksonville. Heading to L.A. against the Chargers. I had I had Jacksonville in this game, I'm not going to lie. I, I Dougie P. Love him. You know, I thought he got a bad rap in, uh, in Philly. And I love me some T-Law. But I'm going to take the Chargers because they got to Patrick Mahomes. And the Chiefs offensive line is probably a whole lot better than Jacksonville's at this current moment. And Trevor Lawrence... I'm going to say this is pretty much his like, rookie year in terms of actually having a good head coach. Urban Meyer didn't do a whole lot for him last year, for being honest. And he's having to learn a new system again. I think the Chargers defense is going to win them this game. Because I think they're going to force Trevor Lawrence to make some some questionable decisions. And Derwin James and the rest of that secondary will capitalize on that. Yeah, I I just think the Chargers are too well-rounded on both sides of the ball for uh, Jacksonville yes. to keep up. I mean, Kansas City, there were times in the Thursday night game, they didn't look that good. There, they had a couple big plays that made the offense look great overall. But I think the Chargers, I think this team's still one of the best in the AFC. I really do. I, I think they're still better than the Chiefs. And, you know, it comes down to red zone execution in that game. If Justin Herbert doesn't turn into a bum in the red zone, they wouldn't make it. And Gerald Everett um, doesn't pass out on the field from uh, yeah. being so fatigued. Yeah. We don't see a 99-yard interception, I don't think. But, I, like you said, I got to go Chargers as well in this one. I don't think there's really much else to say. I mean, both these teams are really talented. This is, for me, one of my clear-cut games of the week. Yeah. And then, then we got – this is America's game of the week, I believe. Green Bay – Versus Tampa Bay. Which Bay is going to win this one? Tampa Bay. I'm taking Green Bay, but only because Tom Brady's going to be without what's looking to be maybe his top three weapons. Mike Evans is suspended. Godwin's not playing. And they're saying Julio's going to be a game-time decision. So uh, I'm going to take Green Bay just because of the lack of weapons that Tampa is going to have. But Green Bay's run defense, again, has not looked good this season. Um, 
they did okay against Minnesota, but they let Justin Jefferson light him up, so it didn't matter. And then David Montgomery had a hell of a game against them. It you know, um, I think Lenny can have a big game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Green Bay. I'm glad you said that because going into this game earlier in the week, I thought Tampa Bay was gonna win, and then Mike Evans got suspended, and now Julio's game time. That means their wide receiver wants Russell Gage probably. I mean Russell Gage is a good Scott, spot receiver. Russell but... Gage, Scotty Miller, and Brashad Perry. Yeah. And Tom Brady, I don't think, look that great the first two games. No, I I've watched I've watched him a lot when he was in New England. The only year that I really saw him look bad was 2019, second half of the year. I think he w- looks a little worse than this so far. And and on the other side, I agree that Tom Brady has not looked that great. The other side of this this matchup is Green Bay is also going to be without without a lot of their pass catchers. Yeah. Um, and Tampa Bay is really good at controlling the run. They're amazing against the run, but. Man, it's a lot to take on AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. You know those, and especially with the way Green Bay feeds them. Lenny's going to have a big game against this Green Bay defense, I believe. I just don't think it's going to be enough for them to beat Green Bay. But I would not be shocked if this is just another one of those just just heavyweight fights where just defenses imposing their will. This might be seventeen to ten, seventeen to thirteen, something like that. I don't think either of these teams is, is going to put up a high score total. I I agree. I I really want to go Green Bay in this one, but I have a feeling they're just going to force feed Lenny. I know that he's yeah. questionable right now of hamstring, but he was last week and he looked pretty. He looked solid. He didn't look great, but he looked great against Dallas. Yeah. And I think when there's a will, there's a way with Brady. We we know that. Yeah. I think and I think it's it's in Tampa, right? Yeah. I think he, they're going to get the job done. I, I guarantee it's probably going to come down to a field goal. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. If I had to pick a game for a game-winning field goal, it would be this one. I, I don't think this is going to be a good watch by any means. In yeah. I think Rodgers, you know, he still he stills look great under center. There's no question yeah. about that. But this pass defense for Tampa has held up. They're yeah. not. They're, this is probably one of the worst out of the three wide receiver cores they're going to face so far. I mean, Dallas Dallas Very didn't true. look great, but Dallas had C.D. Lamb, who all or um. Pro Bowl potential. This Green Bay receiver, I don't see any of them coming close to All Pro if Alan Lazard's not in the field. So yeah, I mean, if Alan Lazard misses, this becomes the Randall Cobb and Romeo Dobbs show, and I think Randall Cobb might even be questioned. Yeah, they're missing a lot, and the only reason I'm saying Green Bay is because I think they're going to find a way to scheme Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon into this game in an impactful way. But I agree. I mean, defensively, Tampa Bay should have no problem against these receivers. I I think this is going to be probably one of the better 4 o'clock games or 4.25 games. <clears throat> um, I got Tampa. The other one's going to be Rams versus Arizona. 
This is one of those NFC West matchups where you just don't know what's going to happen. I thought Arizona was dead um, against the Raiders. I looked at them and said, well, this team is trash, and Cliff Kingsbury might get fired midseason. And then somehow Kyler Murray pulled a rabbit out of his hat and you know brought him back and did some magical things that Kyler Murray, when he's on, only Kyler Murray can do. Uh, I'm going to take Los Angeles. I think that their defense is better than Arizona's in every facet of the game. I thought Ernest Jones looked amazing, and that linebacker core is better than I anticipated. And Arizona doesn't have an answer for Cooper Cup. They got to get the run game going at some point, but they don't even need a run game with the way Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford had played early. And Matt Stafford looked a whole lot better against Atlanta, which we all thought he would. So I'll take the Rams. I think Arizona can keep it close, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who can stop Cooper Cup, and I just don't see anyone on that defense stopping him. I'm also taking the Rams. You know, um, I don't think there's going to be another miracle where Kyler Murray's running around in the backfield for 20 seconds before yeah, getting no, a two-point conversion. Yeah, not against conversion. Aaron Donald. Yeah. yeah, not against Aaron Donald. It's not going to look like a toddler is running away from his, their parents when they steal a phone. I mean – they, they, I mean, they have Arizona's number. We saw what happened in the playoffs. This is a less talented Arizona team. There still might be questions on the Rams' side, but this is kind of a get-right game after they almost blew the Atlanta one. I got, yeah. I got Rams winning this easily. And that leaves, speaking of Atlanta, Atlanta versus Seattle, probably um, another game where America loses. America loses, yes. Geno Smith versus Marcus Mariota. Mary Goda, as some Tennessee fans wanted to call him early in his career. Uh, I'll break it down matchup-wise. Atlanta, you have Kyle Pitts against a secondary that is missing Jamal Adams. Arthur. <sighs> It doesn't have to be fantasy football. Getting Kyle Pitts the ball helps you win games, believe it or not. Um, he said he wants him to sacrifice and get the run game right. Well, it's looked great, Arthur. It's, it's looked phenomenal. It's Man, it looks like you, you're really getting Kyle Pitts to block in the red zone, man. It's just doing wonders for that offense. It should be a very simple game plan. Kyle Pitts should get 15 targets in this game. He should score two touchdowns. You should beat Seattle easily. Um, don't think that's going to happen. I'm going to be honest. And for that reason, I'm going to take Seattle. I think Arthur Smith is going to continue to get in his own way. He's not going to exploit these matchups properly. And Seattle is just going to win a a mess of a game. It's going to be atrocious. I'm also going Seattle on this one just because I know that Geno Smith didn't look good week two. But I have a feeling that it's going to look better week three, more like week one. looked okay against Denver. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta's defense is nowhere near Denver. Yeah. And I know Seattle's got a lot of injuries on the defensive side. Jamal Adams is out, but I think uh, Diggs might be out too, which it's it's just a weird game in my opinion. Like, I could see it going either way. I could see Atlanta blowing out Seattle. I can see Seattle, oh, absolutely. like Seattle blowing out Atlanta, and then I can see them both winning close games. You just, I just don't know. But I, I'm going to go with Seattle just because I've seen Geno Smith 
look good this season against better defenses, I think he gets it done. Yeah, I agree. Anything else you want to add before we move on to Sunday night? Uh, Arthur Smith, get Kyle Pitts the ball. I want to see Kyle Pitts dominate because this is a matchup he should absolutely dominate. Uh, he should have been dominating the past two weeks, but I'll, I'll leave that I mean, I, I under, Yeah, I understand that. Uh, Sunday night, San Fran versus Denver. You want to take it away, San sir? Fran. We got San Fran minus one and a half. Tommy, this is one of the bonus games. You got to pick the spread. You got to pick the matchup. I'm going to take San Francisco. I'll take the minus one and a half. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Trey Lance injury is heartbreaking. It's not a much better backup you can have in the NFL than Jimmy Garoppolo. He took this team to the Super Bowl. He took them to an NFC Championship game. The guys love him. They seemed happy he was back on the field with them. They might be a better team right now with Jimmy compared to Trey because he needed, you know, he needed reps to develop. So give me San Francisco. I think we'll finally beat Russell Wilson now that he's away from Pete Carroll and the black magic that is Seattle. I'm also going San Fran on this one. Um, I think their defense is going to will them in this win. But Jimmy G, we know what he can do in San Fran's offense. Yeah, he's not your your typical great quarterback, but he gets wins. He gets wins in the scheme. Does get wins. Shanahan knows how to coach with him. I I don't see San Fran losing this one. And they're gonna hit Denver where they're the weakest. Yeah. They're not gonna attack the corners. They're not gonna attack outside the numbers. They're gonna go over the middle of the field, and that is where Denver's weakest part of the defense is in the linebacker core. And George Kittle's back, and we know what George Kittle does to Denver. And I think you're gonna see Debo taking a lot of snaps on the backfield in this one. If, so we've sacrificed our two running backs, man. We've hit our quota. If Rashad Penny can look good, Debo Samuel can look great against this defense. Uh, I got them also covering the spread. It was minus one and a half, you said, right? Yep. Yeah, that, I think that will be covered. And then the next one, Dallas. This is Monday night. Monday night football. Dallas versus the New York Giants. Over under of 39, by the way. So that should tell you how you should feel about the quarterbacks in this matchup. Uh, give me Dallas because the defense has looked great, and I am tired of Giants fans being happy. You're 2-0. Your team is ass. You know your team is ass. Stop pretending that it's not bad. Daniel Jones has, has not looked any better under Brian DeBoe. Brian DeBoe has just said, stop turning the ball over. Uh, they have a pass rush, and Danny fumbles a lot, is going to show up. So... Give me Dallas. Dallas defense. I don't even need to see what the offense does. Dallas's defense is going to beat the Giants on their own. They cover in the spread? Or yeah, they're, uh, are we doing over-unders yes. too? Uh, just, no. We'll, okay, just do, we'll just do the spread. It's Giants minus one. Give me Dallas plus one okay. easily. They're going to win this game. I This Giants team is just – the. I, I just saw this fact today. The worst graded – 2-0 team since 1981. Good God. I I just want people to look back and see what their first two wins were. Tennessee, who looked awful week two, barely beat Tennessee as well, came down to a missed field goal. And Carolina. Let's, let's not act like they're these playoff teams that, oh, oh, my God, these are shockers. 
They're, but so, yeah, maybe Tennessee was a little less 50-50. That Carolina game's 50-50 going in. Yes. And Barkley came down from heaven, I feel like, in the second game. That first half, he had six yards. Six whole yards the whole half. I want to stop, like, hearing how, oh, my God, Saquon Barkley's the greatest thing to walk earth for Giants fan. I get that he's good when healthy, but they still have to prove something to me. They're not beating good teams so far. This is their biggest test against a Dallas team who has a great pass rush, as you said. And I think Cooper Rush can game manage them a game. If they can do it against Cincinnati, they can do it against the Giants. Cooper Rush didn't look terrible. Yeah. I mean, he definitely wasn't Dak. No. But, I mean, well, he was better than Dak. Yeah. He started against Tampa Bay for sure. And he got CeeDee Lamb 11 targets. He knows who to throw to, right? This is not a backup that's coming in and throwing to, you know, God knows who. He's throwing to good targets. Uh, I don't know if Dalton Schultz is going to play in this game or not. But CeeDee Lamb, uh, Noah Brown has looked pretty good. They've got Tony Pollard out of the backfield. They've still got Zeke. <laughs> This offense game, it's two game managers. we got Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush. Yeah. I haven't seen Cooper Rush be terrible in any of the games he's played. I have seen on multiple, numerous, countless occasions, Daniel Jones look like the worst quarterback to ever be on an NFL field. Multiple times. Multiple times. And Cooper Rush last game, 299 yards and a touchdown. I, in my opinion, he, I think, is more accurate than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, I don't think, is that accurate. He throws a lot of balls that are either behind receivers, out of bounds, where they're more 50-50 balls. I think Cooper Rush, like you said, knows who to throw to because last year when he came in for Dak against Minnesota, Mark Cooper had the best game of the season for him. Like 11 yeah, catches, Lamb had a really 130 game yards, game as well. three touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. I think CeeDee Lamb, who's covering him against New York? Who Who's covering yeah, him? Yeah. And you still have to worry about Zeke. I, I get that Zeke may look a step slower, but he still looked good the first two weeks. He's not getting the touchdowns or the passing game, but that might change this week. You never know. I don't know yeah. what goes on in Kellen Moore's mind because I think he's a terrible play caller. He's not impressed me at all the first four years there. But – I got I got Dallas winning this one. I think, like you said, yeah. Micah Parsons could be in for a huge game. I even Dante Fowler could be in for a huge game, and he's he's no Randy Gregory like he was last year. I literally just Cooper Rush doesn't turn the ball over to yeah. win this game. I don't understand why the Giants are favored at all. Um, nothing tells me that the Giants should be favored because Cooper Rush. Again, I mean, we have to see him for more than you know two games starting. Uh, this may be a situation like most backups where the longer he plays, the worse he gets. But as of right now, I haven't seen anything to tell me that Cooper Rush is any worse than Daniel Jones, if yeah. not better. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, Giants Giants want to do a whiteout. They want all the fans to dress up in white. That's cute. I mean... You might get blanked. Yeah. <laughs> I And... I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Noah Brown has a big game, too. Noah Brown's a solid the first two weeks. Cooper Rush has given me nothing but confidence that he can get his receivers the ball. Cooper Rush, Mr. Goldbrush. And, you know, Noah Brown's. He's Mr. Goldbrush. It should be an easy game for Dallas. Yeah. 
That, just like that, we're done with week three. That's all we got. That's it? Yeah. That's it, it yeah. You got all the pick, picks down for you? Yep, I do. Right. We'll, we'll read off the records to start off next week. But anything you'd like to say before we sign off here? Ah, oh, man, that, that that's it. Uh, if you, you watch this, you listen to this, please watch the Minnesota yes. Detroit game, please. Um, it Listen, it should be the best game of the week. If you like offense, you should love that game. So please, for Dan Campbell's sake, watch that game, because in Dan Campbell, we trust. I, I like that. Dan Campbell, we trust. That is it for this episode of The Locker Room. I'm Tommy Tellerino alongside Jordan Navarro. And we hope you have a great week. And we'll see you guys probably next Saturday when it's uploaded. Peace. Peace.